Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 108th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. Uh, I got a flu shot today. I think I already told you about this, but man, I'm sore. Oh yeah. I gotta get I gotta get some range of motion going here. Yeah, get that blood I'm, flowing. I'm required to get one for work, so just a fun time every year. But yeah. you guys ever had a flu shot before? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Isn't it fun? No, it's not that bad. No, could be worse. I think everybody should get a flu shot. Wow, hot take. Yeah, getting political. <laughs> uh, so you're great because your shoulder hurts. Or well, I guess I meant to say I'm great, but <laughs> despite, despite, however, yeah, I am dealing with this terrible, terrible situation. Well, I'm great because Mizzou football is back, folks. That's this weekend. That's it's great. happening, and Missouri doesn't have as many players missing as we thought they might. Yeah. So yeah, let's just jump was, right into the let's news. Let's just jump right into it. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was that's a very that was a that was a surprise. Um, because was it last week we were talking about how there were 12 players and we were kind of honestly nervous about whether this game was even going to get played because of the potential trajectory that that was at. I was never worried about that because they put out some guidelines that they had to meet like so many scholarship players and so many at certain positions and stuff, but I knew they'd make it happen. I think we're going to make it happen. Oh yeah. I like your confidence. Yeah. I never wavered to be honest with you. I knew this game would happen. Uh, Nick Saban, he can will people to test negative, I believe, if yes. it means that the Crimson Tide will play football. Yes, Nick Saban willed the Missouri team to actually have more players opt in and get Healthy. well yeah. faster just so they could destroy us on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to let anything happen that would um, you know, disrupt a college football season happening. That's true. Yeah. Got to gotta appreciate him. He has those powers, so... You know, that's one of his gifts. Uh, I I know Alabama players missing the game, I think, is the last I heard. I don't think so. Not at this moment in time. And for the first time in a long time, we've got a new depth chart, Mm. which is always exciting. That was exciting. Oh, yeah. I didn't actually, like, see it coming. It just kind of dropped, and I was like, oh, what a a pleasant surprise. Here we go. Yeah, I think that we learned about it maybe a couple hours before it dropped, but... Uh, I didn't know if we were going to be getting one before uh, the season started, and we've learned our lesson before not to take the depth chart too seriously because sometimes those just names on a page. We still don't really have any clarity on a lot of positions, but... What about a depth chart that specifically has a lot of the word or? Yeah, I think that was even more indecision on a depth chart than I've ever seen in my life. So many ors. Yeah. Uh, no Michael Orr, though, on the offensive line. That would probably be helpful. That would be helpful because we're missing some guys. And uh, we just learned that Jack Buford's going to be opting out. Um, so that's another name on the O-line that's not going to be there. Cameron, I'm worried about the O-line. Um, we got some We got some dudes. Um, we got some guys that are injured. Hyron White is going to miss the season with a shoulder injury. He had surgery or is going to have surgery. Um, Coach Drinkwitz doesn't seem overly optimistic about that uh, position group as a whole. Um, I think he was kind of indicating the fact that they're just missing some bodies. Yeah. uh, uh, He had a press conference today 
Um, he said this about one of the starting linemen who got to campus in August. Mm. His name it, is Zeke Powell. This month is September. Yeah. So he's, oh. he's been on campus for very little time. He is a JUCO guy, so he's had some experience. But his name is Zeke Powell. Um, he was asked about Zeke Powell today. Coach was. He said, sometimes availability is better than ability. Yikes. That is not exactly what you want to hear about one of your starting linemen. But I, re- I truly just, th- I, I really think that's just how it's gone. Guys are hurt. Guys are opting out. They're not that great to begin with. The cupboard was pretty bare coming into this season. We got a lot of help from uh, Michael Mayetti. Mm. But and I really think he's gonna he's gonna anchor the line, and he, he I mean he probably walks in and is the best lineman easily from the get go. So it's nice to have him. But except Case Cook because he's on my seven on seventy. That's true, but we really need those guys to stay healthy because there's just not much depth after that. I think they have probably seven or eight scholarship linemen, so it's kind of scary. Yeah, um, and yeah, offensive line uh, last season was not a strength when we thought it was going to be so at least we have different expectations maybe that's true yeah uh switching gears to the defensive line uh interesting turn of events uh with mr uh trajan jeffcoat who has been readmitted to the university and is back on the football team yeah he was dismissed from the team about a year ago i think and i had kind of just forgotten about his existence to be completely honest he was like a pretty big recruit at the time coming in and was showing some flashes and was in a position of need and still is. So that is a huge boost to the team. Apparently he's been working out on his own and everything. So <clears throat> he will probably get some immediate playing time. I don't think he's going to start or anything, but that, honestly that doesn't really matter a whole lot. They rotate those guys in and out quite a bit. Yeah. I kind of did the opposite of forget about him. I kind of just forgot that he was ever not there. So I was, like, always counting him in, like, oh, you know, he's a guy that can contribute. And then yeah. I'd be reminded, like, oh, yeah, he's not on the team. Well, on the flip side, unfortunately, we're losing Jatorian Hansford for the year. And I can't remember exactly what his ailment was, but a shoulder or something. But we're losing him for the year. So getting um, Jeff Coat back is massive. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Sticking on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, one Mr. Rakestraw in the starting lineup. Does he have an or next to his name, or is he just locking down that spot? I don't think so. I think he's locking it down. He and Jarvis Ware could be a pretty nasty combo. Um, and it's funny, Ennis, at one point in his recruitment, said Alabama was his dream school and ended up picking Missouri over Alabama, uh, which caused Coach's viral reaction um, last signing day. Right, but right. Uh, that's that's a pretty big deal, honestly. Something that I didn't really um, see coming. I knew that he was a he was been doing really well in well, camp. Adam Sparks is who he would have potentially beaten out for that spot. Correct. Yeah. Who is, hasn't exactly lit the world on fire in his time here, but he has shown some flashes. He's played a lot. He yeah. has a lot of experience. So for Rakestraw to come in and earn that spot from the get go is pretty impressive. And so he's going to have to uh, he's going to have a, a pretty big job on his hands from day one. Yeah, well, um, pretty much excuse the performance of every single player in this Alabama game. But uh, Mizzou def- defensive coordinator, this coming from uh, Dave Matter on Twitter, uh, he was reporting that Mizzou defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, uh, when asked about Ennis Rakestraw uh, cracking the starting lineup, he said, quote, 
When a freshman earns the job, it can't be close. He's got to go and take the job, and he did. So he left no doubt. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's... So basically insinuating if uh, if it's a, ba- a close battle, they're going to give it to the player with the experience mm-hmm. and uh, the incumbent at the position. And if you're a freshman, you just got to, like you said, leave no doubt. And apparently yeah. he did that. Yeah, that's, it's it's rare to see a, a true freshman come in and, and beat guys out that have experience. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what, what he does this season. And then one other surprise I had was Martez Manuel getting uh, a starting nod. Yeah. Um, that was I know I, I knew Martez has, has been playing well, but I was a little bit surprised to see him win that that job over Stacy Brown. But I think we'll see both of them yeah. quite a bit at uh, strong safety. Yeah, uh, that that position. Uh, I mean, you always need extra bodies in the defensive backfield, kind of rotating guys in and out. Mm-hmm. So I would expect to see a lot of both of them. Uh, what did we? Let me see. I wrote down a name here, and you're going to have to help me remember why I wrote it down. All right. Let's play. Why did I write this name down? All right. Let's figure it out. The name is Chris Abrams-Drain. Oh, yes. He's uh, going to be returning punts. Yes. True f- true freshman again. Um, he kind of was a jack-of-all-trades, if I remember, in high school. <clears throat> played some wide receiver. Played some quarterback. Um, I think he is officially listed as a wide receiver at Missouri, but um, I believe on, on Twitter... Uh, he has been labeled among Mizzou fans as the next Lynn Bowden. <laughs> so that's what we could certainly hope to see from, from Chris Abrams. Not too high expectations in, at all. In his uh, time at Mizzou. But uh, still, again, pretty impressive to see him come in and, and win, the, win that job from the get-go. <clears throat> yeah, just need, just need somebody that won't fumble the ball. That's all. Sounds good to me. Yep, don't even need to do anything special. Is there anything on the team that you would like – that would is there any job on the football team that's worse than punt returner no i wouldn't think so no that's that's terrifying yeah i would never want to do that it's like there's all you have to do the only thing you can do is just catch the ball but if you drop it like like if you mess up at your job yeah the difference between success and failure at the punt returner position is just enormous no margin for error whatsoever yeah. yeah, and you got dudes flying at you at right. top speed, and they're like yeah. two hundred pounds. You never know when one of the defenders is just going to mess up and exactly just run you over. Even calling a for a fair catch, yes. Yeah. Who knows if they like saw you do it or something? Yeah. And you have to be completely concentrated on catching the ball. You, by the nature of the job, in order to be successful, you have to look up. Yes, <laughs> you can't worry about anything but catching this ball. Yeah, and you see it when a player looks down at who's coming at him. That's when things go wrong. Yeah. You bait if <laughs> I don't know. It's just insane that that they catch it as often as they do, honestly. Yeah. Like any, even in the NFL, when I see that when I see a a punt returner go back, you know, um sometimes it's a wide receiver that uh, returns punts, sometimes it's more of a specialist. And I would be I think I would be scared to death to trot a wide receiver out there not for the injury concern but because i want a guy who in practice can just return just catch punts over and over and over until it's like muscle memory doesn't even have to worry about it and any practice time spent as a wide receiver 
is a detriment to my punt returner. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, you're the fourth or fifth wide receiver. Well, you got good hands. We'll run you out there. Well, yeah, that's what happened. Not when the same thing. Right. They tried to put JJ out there. It right. never went well for him. Yeah. A great wide receiver. Incredible athlete. Terrible yeah. punt returner. It's, yeah. He would fun, really he would like fumble it away same. half the time. Yeah. Rashad uh, Floyd. Amazing great. punt returner. Hardly ever fumbled. Yeah. I don't even remember him fumbling once. Yeah. You so, don't even need the touchdowns. No. Just when the team's just, just giving you the ball. Don't turn it over. Just don't give it back to him. That sounds great. Oh, we got off on a little tangent there. We're obviously passionate about we are very special passionate. teams turnovers. We've seen some things in our days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned earlier uh, Jack Buford opting out. C.J. Boone has also opted out. Mm-hmm. So a little hit to the wide receiver depth there. Yeah, so far we have four opt-outs total for COVID reasons. Uh, none of those guys probably making a huge immediate, uh, a huge impact this year. But, I mean, with the depth issues, who knows, like, what would have happened potentially. But uh, probably none of those guys playing too much this year. Chris Gamer. If they opt out, can they still play? Huh. Or are they the, are they like legit like not practicing, not doing anything? We don't know the rules. I have no idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> like if That's, for some reason they needed like a player, I and they're think like, they hey, can, can opt they in. Unopt out. I think yeah, they can opt, opt in. back in because that actually did happen with like a but this is a little bit different. But with one of those big Big Ten players, I think he hmm. opted in after opting out. Big Ten playing football. I, I guess. Oh wow. Are they Cameron? <laughs> You're the eight games. Eight games. Interesting. Starting in like late October. They should not be allowed to compete for the national championship. It's this is going to be a cluster. Nobody's oh, even talked sure. about it. Nobody's even said like, and this is what we think we'll do for the national championship. Yeah, this is what we'll think we'll do just for the college that, football playoff. Cross that bridge when it comes, I guess. Just, yeah, they're just trying to get the thing off the ground at this point. Yeah. but right. Whenever but we you get think there, somebody though, would have mentioned. Yeah. Hey, like, maybe what do we do? Yeah. Now, when we get to that, we point. literally haven't heard a word about it. It's gonna be crazy. And I guess that's gonna be somewhat up to ESPN because they're like. It's going to be fun. They, like, own the college football playoff, so. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch the madness. Oof. Uh, let's see here. Sean Robinson. Sean Robinson or Damon Hazleton? Who do you want to talk about first? I don't care. Sean Robinson looks good, apparently. I've got a quote here from Nick Bolton. I've heard of him. Uh, he says about QB Sean Robinson. This is, again, uh, thanks to Dave Matter on Twitter. Quote, he has everything to be a great quarterback in this conference. Did Nick Bolton just tell us who the starter's going to be? Uh, it sure seems like that. Well, let me put some doubt in your mind. Uh, Connor Bazelak listed first on the depth chart, or there's an or listed. Yeah. But <clears throat> I don't think Sean Robinson has a higher number, like a jersey number, and Connor Bazelak is taller. Okay, let me rephrase this. Okay. You might think Connor Bazelak's listed first because of alphabetically. Sure. But the other ors are not necessarily listed for alphabetical reasons. Gotcha. So why was Connor Bazelak listed first? That's just, just the way somebody typed it. Just some mind games? Just No. I think it means nothing. Okay. Sorry if... Still sticking... I mean, no, I'm just I'm just trying to get some conversation going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think the order... I'm of, not biased. I think the order of them in relation to the or means nothing. Okay. I think... Well... Let's table this for now. Okay. We'll we'll get. I'll put a star next to it. We'll you pick wanna, it. We'll pick it back, back up into the in the uh, Alabama preview. All right. How's that? Sounds great. 
we, we can't just give everybody all the content. We can't just throw right? it all out there. No. Yeah. Got to keep something back. You can't just listen for eight minutes and dip. Right. You can. We still appreciate you if that's yeah, what you decide hey, to do. Yeah. No big deal. We'll be here when you we'll come back. We'll be here. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bolton likes him. He says he does. he'll be great in this conference. He has everything he needs to be great. I hope he's right. Damon Hazleton. He's one of your starting wide receivers. And yours. That's true. And all the good friends and fellow Mizzou fans out there. Uh, that's good news because he hadn't really been practicing much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it looks like that's all behind him. Yeah, apparently he had a, had a hammy issue, which, as we know, as all of us athletes in the world know. Oh, yeah. Pulling a hammy can mm. stick around for a while. Yeah, it lingers. Yeah, yeah it can linger. But that, uh, in all seriousness, that is great to see that he's going to start because I was a little bit worried there. Hadn't really heard anything about him in camp, and so was kind of wondering if he was fading a little bit from the expectations that we maybe have for him. But <clears throat> I still think he and Chisholm can have a pretty big year. And Jalen Knox in the slot now, which yeah. I think he can be really good in the slot. Yeah, I, I don't really know that he played much on the outside in high school. So I think that was kind of new for him and might have explained his struggles a little bit. So to see him back in the slot, I think is encouraging. Uh, yeah. I was fully prepared to see him, you know, second on the list at one of those wide receiver positions and maybe just see him just kind of fade away into the background and not really be a big impact player this year. Yeah. And that would have been basically that's the story. That's the book on Jalen Knox. But – it looks like he has at least set him up, set himself up to be a contributor and uh, maybe right some of the wrongs, at least on the field, mm-hmm. uh, in the eyes of the Mizzou fans and, you know, be a contributor to an offense that uh, can be successful, like he was as a freshman. I'd say so. You see Micah Wilson made the three deep. I did uh, not. Of I the didn't wide receivers. see that. I wasn't sure we'd ever see his name again on a yeah. depth chart, but good for him. Nice. I, I want to see him. I want to see him catch some passes this year. Well, I feel like uh, I, I'm pretty sure Coach Dinkwitz made a comment recently about them having some wildcat packages. So, mm. you yeah. never know. I'm I'm all aboard the creativity. Uh, any creative plays they want to throw out there this year, I'm all for it. Yeah. I think uh, I, I was actually pretty prepared to see Barrett Bannister just be the slot guy for most of the season. But is he second string? Um, so that's all I have as far as the depth chart is concerned. Anything else? That was a lot. Yeah. We really got through that. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. I do have another, a uh, couple other news items. Okay. Um, Missouri got a commitment from a 2022 tight end out of Lee's Summit. So That's 20, amazing. 2022. Here we go. That's insane. Um, that's got to be the earliest commit I've ever seen for In life. any like Team class. I, I'm pretty sure Deron yeah. Davis committed early. I think he was like yes. a November or December, and that was the earliest I'd ever seen at the time, but I think this beats the record. That, that didn't work out. That didn't work so out. Well, no. That's a it's a bad omen. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's a great Everything it's a great omen. Um Max the, Max Wisner, I believe. So gotcha. I say that he's a uh, tied in from Lee Summit. I've only seen one highlight video of him and he was playing defensive end the whole time. So I got to be honest, I'm not sure how good he is at tight end, but you, you can turn that T E into a D E really easily on the, on the paper. So maybe, maybe it's just a mix up. Yeah. Maybe, well, he's maybe he'll play both. Or maybe he'll be the next Daniel Parker jr. There you go. 
Probably not. I don't know. But apparently he's a fairly highly coveted player. So uh, anybody that wants to that's uh, that's a, has some decisions on their hands as far as schools go in the recruiting game and wants to jump on this early, I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to backtrack us a little bit because I do want to know, and I don't remember what the situation is at tight end on the depth chart. Uh, Daniel Parker Jr., obviously. Um, Nico Hay was second. Was he? I think so. Wow. I don't remember who was third. Well, we might have to look that up and revisit that in a minute. I can look it up. Uh, in the meantime, what do you think about Colorado State transfer Colin Hill starting at quarterback at South Carolina over Ryan Helensky? Oh, you're switching it up. You, you're a – Big time. <laughs> I was like, you said that name, and I was like – <laughs> I don't remember seeing that on the Mizzou depth chart. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, that was pretty crazy. Uh, Helensky, I feel like he's been pretty good. Well, you know what this means. What does it mean? It means Colin Hill is going to get hurt for the Mizzou game, and Ryan Helensky is going to oh, come oh in my God. and dominate. Please don't. That's exactly what's going to happen now. What am I looking up? Depth chart. Uh, yeah. We want to know about those tight ends. But that kind of, I don't know, at least uh, from an outsider's perspective, perspective not a south carolina fan i don't keep up with them too terribly much yeah is that a good thing or a bad thing from an outsider's perspective right i don't know um i felt like south carolina should have been okay with with ryan holinsky um maybe if any of you uh good friends and fellow mizzou fans are in the state of south carolina and got the scoop scoop from some of your relatives or something (laughs) let us know what's going on over there tell us what your uncle sam knows yeah all right daniel parker jr or nico hay or Logan Christofferson. So we got three starters. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's fine. A starter for each scenario. Treaty time. Tell me, rank those guys and how and their height from one to three. Uh, Who's the tallest to the second to the to the shortest? Uh, who? Nico Hay. What was the other? Daniel Park Jr. What's the other one? Logan Christofferson. Okay. I think. I think Christofferson's the tallest. You are correct. 6'6". Six, six. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that, actually. And I think Nico Hay is 6'4". Is he second or third place? Second. You're correct. And but then, he's 6'5". Ooh, wow, he's tall. And then Jan- Daniel Parker Jr. Correct, 6'4". Wow. Nice trivia time. Good job. Thanks, man. I really studied for that one. That's all I got for news. Any other news? Probably. Well, that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> because we got week one playing Alabama. It's it's here. I, I wasn't sure that this day would that this game day would ever come, but it's here, and uh, it's kind of it's exciting. It's kind of scary. We previewed Alabama a little bit when we did the the full schedule preview. And since then, I completely forgot who Mizzou plays when because we tried to talk about it last week, and I had no idea. I had the old schedule before Alabama and LSU were added in my head. I had us playing South Carolina third, Arkansas last. But to my defense, you had them playing Arkansas last as well. We completely forgot about Mississippi State. I just became accustomed to that, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is just a friendly reminder that we did break down the entire schedule two or three weeks ago. We broke down the entire roster. Uh, a little bit before that. Two, three weeks ago. <laughs> we did a seven-on-seven seven draft. All kinds of cool stuff. So if you need a refresher on what's going on, 
go back about a month and then just catch back up. You can listen to three or four podcast episodes before the Alabama game. I believe in you. Uh, let's see here. I said in the schedule preview that I think Alabama is going to win 38 to 10. Now, uh, last time, I didn't even know this, but last time Missouri played Alabama was in Tuscaloosa. Missouri lost 39 to 10. Wow. I didn't even know that. You just looked into the past to know the future. I guess so. Um, SP Plus has Alabama at number one in the country in the number one offense and the number eight defense. And we just found out, just got confirmation, I should say, that that number one offense will be led by junior quarterback Mac Jones. Uh, Freshman Bryce Young will be the backup. I'm saying it now. Mac Jones will not be the starter for the entire season. I think he makes it halfway through. Gets outplayed. Gets usurped. I think so. I think they're going to maybe throw Bryce Young in there to maybe – they can use him as much as they want because, you know, eligibility means nothing in 2020. Nope. It's worthless. So let him him show what he's got. Let him play. Yeah. Let let the boys play. And uh, I think he will impress late in games or if they give him a drive here and there, I think he'll take over before the end of the season. And I think they'll be better for it. Number one overall recruit. Yeah. He's – probably pretty good then yeah which means mac jones is probably pretty good then if he won the job yeah or was it just close enough that they went with the guy with the experience and yada yada well mizzou didn't do that with ennis rakestraw but it wasn't close true yeah that's what i'm saying mm. uh i think it's close i think it's close right now they're they're i think the coaches still are unsure of their decision they're like yeah we're going with him but in the back of their minds they're like i don't know so uh, mac jones uh, over under 300 yards against missouri under i think they'll i think they'll, they'll just, just run they'll it just run it yeah yeah but they have excellent wide receivers so he could just toss it five yards and they could turn it into 80 yard touchdowns almost at ease whenever they want uh they lost henry ruggs and jerry judy uh to with the first round of the nfl draft both of them but they still have jalen waddle and devonta smith who smith is going to be a first round draft pick next year so just a factory yeah i mean i don't know it's not fair no i mean we could i could hop up on my soapbox here for a second talk about how just pay the players and oh but then all the rich teams will get all the players well what's the difference yeah exactly i think i saw alabama in the last few years like the last five years or something assigned like 74 and five star players i mean we we have like a couple four-star players in this class and we're like it's like yeah that's exciting that's a huge deal 70 that's that's they have they have like five-star players on the bench that will never play this year because they're not good enough yeah if you look at at 24 7 sports if you scroll to the bottom you on a team page you see their all-time best recruits and missouri i don't even think you get through the top 10 and then you run out of you don't even get to like five players and you run out of five-star guys (laughs) <laughs> and alabama yeah. has pages and pages and pages of five-star guys yeah it's insane hey recruiting rankings don't mean anything no 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 no, no correlation to on-field we'll support. find a diamond in the rough uh if that's not enough for you they've also got Najee harris who could have gone in the first three rounds of the nfl draft at running back 
and an offensive lineman named Alex Leatherwood, who is also excellent, who will also be a top draft pick, uh, assuming none of these guys get hurt. Um, let's see here. They got they got a lot of experience on the offensive side. Absolutely. Um, wh- whoever is the quarterback at any point in this season will not be the most experienced guy, but they won't need it. Their skill position players are so electric, so dynamite. They just give them the ball in any kind of space or no space, probably, and they'll be able to make something happen. Yeah. Where they have less experience is on the defensive side of the ball, but that's kind of rare for Alabama. What happened last year, they had some injuries, had to play some freshmen, and I think they'll just be better for it this yep. year. They're better now because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a star next to quarterback when we were talking about uh, the depth chart from Missouri. Death chart? Yeah, death star? Death chart. Death chart might be. <laughs> uh, I got some questions for you. I want you to put on your prediction hat. Okay. I, and I, I want to know what you think here. Will two quarterbacks play in this game for Missouri? Yes. Which quarterback takes the first snap for Missouri? Robinson. Which quarterback plays the most snaps in this game for Missouri? Robinson. Okay, okay. Will any quarterbacks in this game have a passing touchdown? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Will two quarterbacks from Missouri have a passing touchdown? No. All right. Last one. Over under 12 and a half snaps in this game for Connor Bazelak. Over. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, so describe that to me a little bit are you are you thinking a couple drives a drive in the first half drive in the second half see how it goes uh, that, i don't think that gets you to, to 13 well cameron snaps. if i'm putting it frankly i didn't really think about that um kai we pay you the big bucks to think on the spot that's true maybe i need to be paid a little bit less for this <laughs> um i i don't know i i think that maybe he'll just they'll put him in in like the second half for a few drives and just see what happens. I think that this year is year zero times a thousand of a rebuild times a thousand. It's a new coach. Obviously this would be year zero in a normal year. Oh, by the way, we're in a pandemic. Worldwide. Uh, Oh, by the way, worldwide, Mr. Worldwide, by the way, uh, eligibility doesn't mean anything anymore. Oh, let me tell you, by the way, we're playing Alabama. (laughs) So this might as well be a scrimmage as as far as I'm concerned. The whole year is a scrimmage, but especially this game, you might as well just throw, you might as well just put Micah Wilson out there and, and see what happens. You know what, you know what I mean? Not really, but, um, it's it's truly just like let's see what happens. Throw them out there. The whole year's a scrimmage. I like that. Basically, yeah, put, yeah. Put that on a shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> the whole year. Can we get a that scrimmage. on a shirt, please? Producer Cameron's going to work on that right now. Uh, Mizzou, Missouri football. The whole year's a scrimmage. Be busy. You get that done for me. Oh, uh, I'm on it. Um, yeah. Uh, very well put. I think. Uh, the way I, I think Missouri's offense is going to struggle in this. I think. I think they will struggle to move the ball down the field, which is redundant, but uh, stick with me here. I think I don't see very many big plays happening at all. And I think they won't really try for too many big plays down the field in the passing game. I think Drinkwitz will try to employ uh, misdirection, um, short passing, 
zone running offense. And I think it could be successful um, against a different team in a different situation. Yeah. Maybe some Tyler Beatty out of the backfield. Yeah. Some passes. Yeah. Some screen passes, some wheel routes out of the backfield, just some quick, quick drop passes to the outside or to the slot. Okay. Well, Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, does Missouri get beat in this ba- in this game so badly that they actually just go super vanilla on offense to n- not show off something to a team like that's in more of a toss up kind of game? Well, I don't th- I don't think they I don't think there's anything too fancy for them to withhold at this point. I think what I'm envisioning, and I could be completely wrong on this, but what I'm en- envisioning slash hoping for is just plenty of variety in the formations and the sets and creative use of um, the tight ends on the depth chart, creative use of Tyler Beatty, uh, splitting him out wide, maybe getting him a couple snaps in the slot, moving him around uh, pre-snap. I don't think any of that are things you need to hold back. I think you need to be running through all of that stuff as much as you can in a game situation before you get to one of those more toss-up games. What about any trick plays? Uh, Yeah, uh, perhaps they'll just not run any trick plays. I mean, I've never understood running trick plays unless you, I don't know, maybe a coach, you know, they've got their finger on the pulse of the team and they're just like, I need to show them that I'm still interested in this game and still trying to do something creative. So maybe let me pull this out of my hat. Like Barry Odom famously, infamously did at LSU in 2016. Yeah, Uh, that's a weird one, but I don't know. Uh, Maybe if you are asking him honestly about that situation, he says something like that. I just wanted to... I just wanted to coach a team that scored a touchdown (laughs) at LSU. I just wanted to tell my kids that someday. Yeah, I don't. That's a great Barry Odom impression, but I don't think that's what he would have said. Probably not. Uh, he definitely wouldn't have said it. You think he was thinking it? Probably not. <laughs> I think it's it's possible that a coach is just like, yeah, let me show the guys that I'm. I haven't given up. I'm not just going to go vanilla and just, you know, run the ball three times and punt it for the whole second half or the whole fourth quarter. I'm gonna, we're gonna we're still in this game or we're not in this game but we're gonna keep playing football yeah we're still gonna try to execute our game plan yeah i know we've talked about it before but that i'll never forget that was the play that made me realize i'd seen too much because i was i was at that game and we we suffered through it all but that was the last play i saw that night because i was like okay i've seen i'm i'm too angry to continue yeah. <laughs> that was the one where i predicted that missouri would win that right? is uh, also infamously, infamously correct on twitter yeah yeah thanks, team, thanks for doing that it wasn't my fault. They went and fired their uh, lame duck coach, and yeah, we got suckered into uh, yeah. that, didn't we? We Missouri got to be the uh, <laughs> lame duck coach. Yeah, you know Les Miles, former national. Oh champions. yeah, he's killing it now, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's better for it. I tell you, uh, LSU wishes they could have Les Miles. Um, yeah, we didn't know that Missouri was going to be the springboard for Ed Orgeron to just like inspire his team to just great things in the future yeah so lsu fans you can thank missouri for that absolutely um and me for for what i said at the time yeah Yeah. thanks uh let's see 
as far as we, we talked a little bit about Missouri, or, uh, Alabama's offense and how electric they are, I almost think that they would be more likely to tone things down and basically just run the ball. And um, I think Nick Bolton, if they decide to just let him play the full game, I think he end up he could end up with a ridiculous number of tackles in this game. It's kind of hard for an offensive line to like target a linebacker in run blocking, but they could try to get creative with some of their blocking schemes and try to, I don't know. I just don't think they can run away from Nick Bolton. So even though Alabama will be successful running the ball against Missouri, I still think Nick Bolton could end up with like 12 tackles. I think Devin Nicholson's a name to watch as well as another linebacker that could have a pretty good season. Speaking of linebackers, you see Cale Garrett got signed to the Minnesota Vikings practice squad today. I did not. Congratulations, yeah. Cale. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I'm going to need an official prediction from you on this Alabama game. I told uh, mine at the very top. I'm I'm going to stick with my preseason uh, prediction of 38 to 10. You finally made me face my fear i was running from it but i'm gonna say 45 to 14 who scores the touchdowns for missouri larry roundtree kiki chisholm exciting remember whenever i predicted that missouri would score the first touchdown in this game or score first in this game i didn't say first touchdown do you remember when i said that no i believe you though like three weeks ago and you were like who's gonna score and i said Larry Roundtree, and you said, I thought you would have said Tyler Beatty. Oh, yeah. Okay, you remember? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll still, I thought you I'll still stick to that. I thought you would have said Tyler Beatty. I, right think, <laughs> I think Missouri goes up 7-0. to zero. Wow. That's a bold prediction. If that happens, man, we're in for a great season. Give me a raise. Five wins right now. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a raise. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If they score first, then I'm all aboard five-win season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, jumping on that oh, absolutely, yeah. If they don't score first, it's three wins confirmed. Yeah, absolutely. There's no possible scenario to four wins. Uh, Kyle, we, we, uh, in the past, we would have potentially picked all the SEC games this week. <laughs> um, do we want to, do we want to pause real quick and do that and come back to the folks? Sure. All right. One moment, please. One moment. Welcome back. We're picking, picking the entire SEC slate and Nebraska's not playing, so mm. can't pick them. Bummer. I was so excited when the Big Ten was not playing. I shouldn't say so excited. I was, I was kind of excited, though. To every week go, and Nebraska, who are they playing? And every week we are going to get to say, and nobody, because the Big Ten doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but that would have just been really mean, and, and I never would have done that. So that would have really broken his spirit. I'm, just re- I'm so happy the Big Ten's playing. Week so after week. I'm not tempted to do that, because that would have been <laughs> a terrible thing for me to do. Mm. All right, producer Cameron. Uh, we're well, gonna... you can do it for a month. So. Oh yeah. Trying to destroy this chemistry that we have. Yeah. It's great chemistry. Yeah. Introduce a schism into the studio. <laughs> uh, go ahead okay. with those matchups. First matchup, number five, Florida at Mississippi. Oh, that's the easiest one. Uh, that's Florida in a landslide. Yeah, I'll say Florida on that one in a landslide. Florida gonna win the SC East. What were the rules of this? You get one point for picking it right, two for an upset? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. So do you know what the spread is there in front of you? No. Is that how we picked them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> how do we... If you use the ESPN app, it should uh, have the point spread right there next to the matchup. 
And that's what I used to always go with. Mm. So what's the what's the spread on that uh, that old Florida Florida by twenty one fourteen oh wow that's actually not that much no. I still take Florida I and uh, I think they're gonna win by seventeen at least who you got next okay second game number twenty three Kentucky at eight Auburn wow. Kentucky's ranked Auburn by seven and a half wow 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 uh, give me Auburn Auburn I mean, it, it's hard to pick the. Uh, it's hard to pick those upsets. These spreads are kind of small. Yeah. Vegas doesn't know what to do. No, no. Mississippi, and, this, and we're not picking this with the points. This is just straight up. If yes, yeah. Mississippi State at number six, LSU, LSU by sixteen and a half. Well, Kyle thinks Mississippi State's <laughs> the worst team on earth, even though he knows nothing about them. I was about to say they're gonna suck. So yeah. give me LSU. <laughs> I'll take LSU as well they cover that though yes no lsu doesn't oh mississippi state does yeah, yeah. oh okay mm. no no no, <laughs> no, no, no no uh number four georgia at arkansas georgia, georgia by, by a million. it's too easy they, they by 26 and a half week one oh, sucks man. yeah georgia give me georgia give arkansas 37 and they're still not covering that number 16 <laughs> tennessee at south carolina I says no bets available. What? what? I'm gonna. I gotta find a spread on that because I was I was ready to pick the upset. No, no matter bets who it was available. Yeah, it doesn't have a spread. This is you click an on outrage. Odds, nothing. Oh my! Oh, you think your internet's gonna be better than his, huh? Oh yeah, probably. Actually, it's yours, but true. Uh, let's see here. I've got nothing. Well, nothing. I got nothing. Let's move on. Tennessee Tur- is a three-point favorite. Ooh. Tennessee. Uh, mm, where's this at? At South Carolina. Oh, oh, yeah. Give me South Carolina in the upset. Give me Tennessee. Ooh. Ooh. Give me that extra point. Mm. Let's go. What was his name? Let's go. JG. No, that's my guy. Let's go, Mike Bobo and Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo. Oh, Mike Bobo from Colorado State. No wonder they got. You got my paper. No wonder they got Colin Hill, the transfer. I mean oh that that combination. I do not like how this is looking. Oh. There's just oh, too no. much compatibility between them. Oh yeah, that they're gonna dominate. This is scary. Watch out, Tennessee. Vanderbilt at. Number 10, Texas A&M. Texas A&M by 30 and a half. Mike Boba, mover and shaker. Yeah. He's moving that guy. He's moving his guy right up right. to the starter. Yeah. that's If I'm Ryan Hillens, I'm like, seriously, you're just going to come in from Colorado and just give my job to somebody? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Watch out. Ryan Hillens is going to transfer now. High drama. Oh, wow. Hey, no, eligibility doesn't matter. It? Eligibility doesn't matter. True. What's his matchup? Uh, Texas A&M by 80,000. Who, who are they yeah. playing? 30 and a half. Uh Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt? They have, have a football team, I guess. I gotta go A and M. Yeah. I already wrote it down for both of you. So. Thank you, <laughs> James Foster. Yeah. James Foster and the fighting A and M's. No, he's not on that team anymore, Kyle. <laughs> I think he's in the portal. Well, he'll so shortly be gone, unless he changes his mind again. He probably will. Is that all? 
That's it. Either Kyle will be up by one or Cameron is up by two. Well, we know what's going to happen. We probably do. Go South Carolina. And uh, don't forget, we got to pick Nebraska. Oh, they're not playing because Big Ten sucks. Amen to that. What can you do? Um, and I'm going to milk that for a few weeks. Yes, we are. All right, Kyle. I think that's it. We uh, we picked some games. Um, f- fans, do you want to say anything going in? Like, final thoughts going into this Alabama matchup. Like, don't expect too much. Let's go. No injuries. Let's get everybody healthy for week two. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, you sum that up really well, Cameron. Yeah. I'm speechless. You're ready for week I'm, two. I'm absolutely shaking. That was such a good summation. Um, I was going to say something. I, you know what? I'm almost happy we're playing Alabama first. Just get it out of the way. I God. wish LSU was next, honestly. I don't want – Get them out of there. Like, I would have been devastated if this was, like, South Carolina game one or Kentucky or some game we really need to win. Get those later on in the season. Let us, you know, kind of get our, our footering footering under us a oh, little yeah. bit. You know what? Oh, you, yeah. Footering. You yeah. like footering? Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see the offense go out there, see what the, in those new wrinkles mm. that – Drinkwitz is gonna put in. I'm excited, man. I I uh, I can't wait to see who trots out there uh, as the quarterback. And yeah, what, what how's how's the offense look? Here's a question for you: Will we have fake crowd noise on the broadcast? Well, there's gonna be some fans there, right? Will, so will we know? Will we have fake crowd noise on the broadcast? I get uh sure. There's been fans at some of the NFL games, and they're still using it. Yeah, I'll say so. Well, what do you think about that? I'm just like. Honestly, I don't mind it. Um, if I'm if I'm really like focusing on it, then yeah, I can tell it's fake. And sometimes it just gets randomly really loud all of a sudden, which is kind of weird. And I think that there's like a fight going on or something because that's normally when the crowd gets did loud, we, like after the yeah. play. Did we talk about this last week? And producer Cameron said they're using the NFL films mm-hmm. thing to do the thing. Oh, yeah. sorry for the redundancy, everyone. Jeez. But I don't mind it. No, I actually like it. As long as they're not showing the stands, and I'm like, oh, that's empty, and there's yeah. noise, then I'm all for it. Yeah, it was like a little bit weird, that first NFL game, like knowing that the stadium was empty, but I'm like completely – I'm over it. Yeah. I think I, – no biggie. Uh, Post-COVID, give me the fake crowd noise still. Just keep it going I, all the time. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not a take you'll hear everywhere. Can you elaborate on what you like about it? Just the sound. Sound of the crowd. Tell them where they can find us. Sound of music. All right, everybody, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or on Twitter and Instagram, at Mizzou Sports Pod. You can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. We're going to start pumping in fake crowd noise here. That would be great. Get on that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, You can find T-shirts and stickers at MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you for that. And we'll see you next week. Thank